What's going on, guys? Welcome to Looking Ahead to Better Days. I am Chris. And I'm Ryan. And we have a pretty ridiculous uh, um, episode um, that we have here for you guys today. <laughs> um, we have a pretty pretty, pretty big guest in our yeah. eyes. Um, yeah. We have Beto O'Rourke. We have an exclusive interview that Ryan did with him. Um, I, I mean, we're at a, at a coffee shop somewhere. A uh, crepery, actually, a crepery out in Katy. You might, oh, well, you might be able to hear the French in the background. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just—it it, was—it's this fantastic conversation that we're going to yes. make you wait until the very end of the episode to listen to. So we're going to talk about yeah. how great it is. You have now. to listen to our voices all the way through it. I'm sorry, guys. No, and it's literally just going to be <laughs> 20 minutes of us singing. I'm never going to give you up. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to do that. We're going to jump gonna, right we're into. We're not going to rickroll you that badly. No. Oh man, that my wife rickrolled me in her vows. So props to Hannah. Um, she got me good. She made me, dude. She threatened me so bad with everything, and then she rickrolled me in her, in her vows. But moving on <laughs> uh, to impeachment. Today was the first day of the trial of Donald J. Trump, and it started exactly how you'd think it would. Um, Mitch McConnell putting out a fucking circus, circus, man. The clown show. Yeah, basically Mitch McConnell put out the rules and this resolution last night um, and he was like limiting the trial to two days. They were going to go from 1 a.m. to 12 uh, to, excuse me, 1 p.m. to 1 a.m., so it was at night. You know, he actually like hand wrote some of the changes that he was forced to make on it, which apparently is super uncharacteristic of Mitch McConnell. So it started out like that. Mm-hmm. So you can you can imagine the, the the way the rest of that went. Um, so uh, basically, they they were giving arguments for witnesses and evidence and all of that stuff, and basically, um. The Trump lawyers are like the lawyers you would get in a really, really, really bad, like, deal. They're like the lawyers you would get in an Ed Wood movie. They have that quality of lawyer skill. And I, I say that They're loving not even Ed trying, Wood movies. in other words. Yeah. It's, no, not at it's all. Just a, it's just, a, oh, we can do this because we're allowed to. Exactly. Like somebody is giving us money and we're and, and at one point in time, Scipioloni, um dude said that it, like he lied, blatantly lied. He said that the uh, the the fucking Democrats said that the Republicans couldn't come into the skiffs, which wasn't true. And some of them actually went in. So Adam Schiff kind of like played it off. He said that Scipioni had misspoke. And so, you know, Schiff knew what he was doing. Schiff is a genius. That man is just, mm-hmm. he was on fire. Him and Hakeem Jeffries absolutely lit the GOP on fire. They're going to have to sell their souls to, to vote against this one. It's, it's a, it's an open and shut case, Johnson. It's, 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 well, it's pretty. Since when has that ever mattered? I, exactly. It's not going to matter. And it's going to be unfortunate. That's, that's the reality of the situation is that, you know, 
as a you're right like what are they going to do next they're going to vote to whether or not to have witnesses right there's still that's still up in the air yeah we don't know what's going to happen and actually and... john bolton's actually ever going to come out and testify that, yeah it seems like the majority still want that i guess i mean he's trying to sell books it, it's good for show he's not actually going to do it i mean who knows but who knows what's going to actually end up happening i don't know I've been taking a very distant approach to it and trying not to get wrapped up into the day-to-day about it because um, you're right. It's just going to end up being a clown show, and it's going to make me mad. <laughs> yeah, and I know. At the end of the day, you, yeah. I, I, this is going to be such a predictable result, and you know what we're going to end up with is people like, you know, well, we're going to end They're up... They're going to say, see, he did nothing wrong. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how that's going to go, and... That's uh, that's kind of unfortunate um, for all. But at involved. least, at least the Democrats are doing the right thing. Yes, you have to do but the right thing, even case, if somebody else isn't. And you know what? At the end of the day, um, some like someone like John Cornyn, who uh, you know, we're trying to vote out down here. You know, he's going to have to answer for. Well, why don't you believe in enough due process in the case that you wouldn't vote for witnesses? You know, that's going to be a serious question that someone who Especially him, who's supposed to be branding himself not as like a Cruz type, who's sort of like an outside political maverick. Mm-hmm. Brand. Okay, that's not necessarily who he is, but that's the brand he likes to run run with. Whereas Cornyn has always been kind of viewed as more of an old school uh, conservative who's supposed to believe in shit like that. Like, it will matter when it starts voting. And that's really what I'm hoping uh, will come of this, is that it'll help weaken the Senate cases, but... I think any hope that it's going to end up with Trump removed from office is probably a pretty far-fetched fantasy. Oh yeah, at this point, for yeah. for sure, for sure, for sure. So, and you know, he's a he's an absolute menace up there. It's he, he it's, went and embarrassed himself in Davos, and you know, people are going to listen to this and they're going to you know say whatever. But I mean, yeah. it's, it's it's a shit show at this point. I mean, it's embarrassing. Yes. No, we're going to have to I'm, vote him out. I don't, at the end of the day, I think it's just going to take having to vote him out. It's it's going to be in a, a requiem on the American people, and mm-hmm. what happens after that is is what happens after that. You know, we have to move on and you know make things better and pick up the pieces. And yes. um, you know, Virginia is in the process of making things better. Um, Virginia is where I live, and. Right. Um, I tell, and it comes up quite a few times that Virginia is current is, is for the first time in 26 years, completely blue. Um, a lot yes. of that had to do with the work of Beto in Virginia. And because of that, we are getting common sense, sense gun, uh, gun control. And, um, you know, they got rid of Lee Jackson day are making election day, um, a holiday, just common sense kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, the reason I bring this up, other than Beto is do- is is just he did so much here. It, it's amazing how how much better I feel living in Virginia, knowing that we did something. I know we're, we're um, here, which we're just, which which we're, which we're going to get to a little bit later in the show, actually. But um, I wanted to bring up Richmond. Richmond mm-hmm. is the capital of Virginia, and there there were protests that were planned, and. I have nothing against anybody who is there protesting peacefully using their 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 rights. Um, you know, we had uh, people on the right, people on the left. If you did that responsibly and you did what you were supposed to do, I'm all on board. 
That's mm-hmm. what we, I mean, whether I agree with your, your opinion or not, it's, that's not for me to, to agree with. Um, that's not that, I mean, it's, it's you, 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 we don't have to do that for us to, to be able to sit and have an equal conversation. And that's, you know, something I've, I've learned from working, you know, with the Beto campaign, but that's not where this stopped. You know, they were busing in militia groups from all over the country. Mm-hmm. Alex Jones showed up in an armored truck and I just, I can't fucking stand that guy. <laughs> Nobody. I cannot that guy. fucking I stand that guy. Bankrupt. <laughs> I I really I'm uh, pulling for those Sandy Hook parents because they deserve that. You know, what he did to is. them was abysmal. And take and, down and, that fool in the process. Exactly. Uh, if he, they could, he, he, yeah, I I want to see him. He, I would love for him to just be a footnote. And I teach. I'm with kids every single day. My kids are my kids. You know, I have Bodie at home, but I also have my kids. And, you know, my first core today, we spent 30 to 40 minutes sitting on the floor because of a threat that went online. Mm-hmm. And that shut down the entire school. And, you know, I'm sitting on the floor and I'm listening to everything. And I'm telling my kids, guys, it's good. Everything's okay. It sounds like they have everything in, under control. And somewhere in there we should be able to come together i don't care i don't know pro-gun or anti-gun we've got to be able to come together because sitting terrified on the floor with 27 kids you know it's 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 not what anybody wants to do with their day let me let me leave it at that no i i totally agree and i think it's something that's really like getting home to a lot of people now it's you know this has somehow become a new norm which you know for our kids is not something we really want you know so i don't know it's something's got to change and i'm pretty sure the solution is not more guns no not even a little bit and you hear people make that argument and that just that that upsets me and let me let me be clear we were safe the threat was just somebody being uh just a kid being a kid on 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 social media but not, not everybody's that lucky at all and you know it's still we this is you know we've had a few of these and you know the the imagine being like my wife it drives her nuts she knows where my room is she knows my ways in and out she doesn't even work at the school she barely comes up there you know but she knows this stuff um mostly because she went to, to the middle school that i teach in but that's neither here nor there um but it's still something that weighs on, on, on our families. And I'm a fucking teacher. I teach children U.S. history. like, and, and I teach them how to be people. And I teach them you know, how to be citizens and how to stand up for what you believe in and to mm-hmm. do something. And if you see something, say something. And if you don't like something, do something the fuck about it. And I, to have be stuck in this space where, where, where you, know, you feel so vulnerable is upsetting. It's a school. It's a fucking school, man. No, I hear you. Get out of here with that bullshit. These motherfuckers rolling out there with barrettes. Are you serious? What are you trying to... Like, are they taking down fucking Star Destroyers? Seriously? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) You know, and I I have family that went up there and protested with the pro-gun people, and that's fine. More power to you. I wanted to go for the the anti... Uh, you know the 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 gun gun control common sense gun control people but the this kind of stuff that we had that that was coming down in threats and in newspapers here was just absolutely obscene 
Yeah, that's the problem with the conversation is you can't seem to have the conversation without people like legitimately start making death threats to you. You know? But that's the thing. It's not even the it's not even the responsible yeah. people. Yeah. It's these fringe groups. Like they arrested some guy from Canada who was here illegally. A Canadian who was here illegally as a mm-hmm. white supremacist. Like he came here as he's a white supremacist group. He was trying to start an insurrection where he was going to shoot and kill people in Richmond. Now tell me all the crime comes from the the southern border. Yeah. Get out of here with that shit. That that dude was a oh, fucking know. terrorist. And, he came from Canada. And we can we say again that this kind of bullshit did not used to happen. Like I, I don't remember us having white supremacist rallies out in the open like this, you know, 10 years ago. It's not like this, not not like, you know, mass protests. It, it's something's got to change. Something's... We we need some real change, and yes. that is what we're trying to do, and that is bring, that brings us directly to yep. the Beto effect. And Ryan, <laughs> what do I mean by the Beto effect? I have another name for it. I'll I'll save it because right. you know I'm I'm gonna make it stick. I promise. I've been saying this for months. Go ahead. What is what, the Beto effect? What is? You know, I want to hear what your other word is first. Hold on. Oh, there is it. Uh, Bedouism. Oh, Bedouism. Of get, course, Bedouism. Getting people <laughs> up, getting people out. The the belief that we are all all should be involved in our d- democracy yeah, and so, all of that. Um, Bedouism. It's a, a belief we can all share and buy into. Bedouism. Buy the shirt. So, so <laughs> now we got to make the shirt for, the, for them to buy it. Right. Um, yeah. So um, over the last couple of weekends, Bedouism been getting people up off of the couch and out and walking and brown and block walking. For a very special election, um, so we have a House District runoff. I think I mentioned this last time. We so we had Dr. Elas Merkowitz on, who was uh, came on talk and basically gave his little interview and talked about it. And uh, Beto got involved with her and got people out to start block walking, and that's really what. And, and you guys fucking killed it. Yeah, like the, the there's the the early voting was just stupid. Yeah, it was. It, um, so I, I don't know the final number of how many doors we walked uh, or knocked on. Uh, we're even doing one more push this weekend. Early voting starting today. So today is the first day of early, early voting. Um, we're recording on a Tuesday. So next Tuesday is the actual election day. We try and get people to vote early here um, just because it's easier. You don't have to worry about lines. And that way you can fit with your schedule more if you can't make it that Tuesday. For whatever reason so yeah uh we were out had a lot of people out uh you know kn- knocking on doors trying to uh get people out to vote uh you know really proving that a get out to vote effort makes a difference and trying to prove that you know people can outweigh money um you know this election was kind of a big one uh at least it's been seen as a bellwether for especially in texas since this is a relatively reliably red district and you know a lot of republicans started getting involved in pouring money into it i think abbott you know through uh our governor greg abbott threw some uh through something like twenty five thousand dollars into it or something like that yeah he's been he's been doing some stuff because and uh, doing some consistent fundraising too he's been sending out a lot of emails on on this well, he's been doing a lot of tweeting too because mm-hmm. he's evoked um, Beto's name a couple name of times, lot, right? No, you, you know Beto they're has, scared when he comes up. Beto has become somewhat of the boogeyman here in Texas. 
Um, any Republican I fucking love it, man. Who sends out a fundraising email, make sure to warn people about Beto, and they make sure to bring up his gun stance and his stance on taxing churches, and oh, I think it was a stance on abortion. And they make sure they bring those three things. I'm like, okay. Those are three things I am okay Beto being known for, you know? <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. So, Jesus. Uh, yeah. Uh, but on the other side, it's really gotten a lot of people to come out and support, you know, the candidate. Uh, Dr. Uh, Merkowitz, Elizabeth Merkowitz, she's she's awesome. Um, I, I, I've i told people, a couple of people at this time, you know, I started going out there and block walking and working uh, with them just because that's what Beto said to do. The more I got to watch her, the more I've been around uh, Elis. Like, she's just such an awesome person. I want to do this for her now because she's killing it. And, I, I, uh, you know, I, I, she's listening. You know, thank you for just bringing this all together, uh, Dr. Markowitz, for, you know, you know, having such great supporters that opened their home for, uh, for us and, you know, yeah, thank you uh, so much for for that, and it was great just meeting everybody. And you know, you did awesome. So I can't speak hot, highly enough of her. Um, anyways, so yeah, just getting everybody together for this awesome candidate, um, and that's what kind of Beto did. Is that's what he that's what he's kind of about. And uh, we talked about this at length in his interview, and you know, I think that's kind of what keeps bringing people back it's this kind of sense of community and belonging that you know it's not about Beto it's about like you join this group of people who are it's like a fraternity friends. of just yeah, people just who friends. came together like, and 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 yeah I, I know exactly what you're talking about like like it's just no matter what I know it's like there are people out there who because I've met through this I are I'm always going to be friends it has not necessarily anything to do with Beto you know why I'm friends. Like I'm friends with you. I, I consider I would be friends with you for a while, regardless of Beto. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. We talk all the time about random shit, not even just podcast stuff. Exactly. You know, and that's me and him would have never met had it never been through through Beto and this whole um, this whole movement. And like that's the that's the thing. Like I wasn't that guy. Like I didn't get involved mm -hmm. with shit until Beto. Mm -hmm. I I fucking I didn't do anything. I. Uh, I bitched on Twitter. Yeah. That, that was that was the extent of it. And Beto really got me up and got me involved. It, and that changed my perspective on in this everything. Definitely, it definitely having this community of people that's around you and supporting you. I mean, I've volunteered for other campaigns. And sometimes it felt like you're just, you know, they're just using and abusing you. And there's not really that same sense of, like, community that... You know, everybody comes together and genuinely cares and wants to support each other. And I think that's why I found, you know, like I think the uh, last weekend, our numbers were down just a little bit on Saturday, on Sunday morning. So Beto said, okay, you know, everybody, we just need to dig a little deeper and grab an extra list. And I find myself not necessarily wanting to do it because that's what Beto said. It's like, no, nah, I need to top my numbers. You know, I've been, I, I started accounting for myself and like how many doors I've been doing. I was like, no. I can do a few bit more and, you know, looking around at the people who have been working and some of them working harder than me. And that's really what drove me more was that, you know, people around me were putting in the, the effort. And so having that community and that group around you, I think who's really like-minded and like-spirited, that really means a lot, I think. I, I agree. And mm -hmm. 
it's just that drive and that whole community pushes you harder and harder. Just we all push each other and look after each other. We all still talked and we looked in on each other after the campaign ended. And as soon as, you know, powered by people shot up, we, we all got involved. And um, there was this really great story out of um, out of one of the uh, the the I guess um, your block walking. Is mm-hmm. what they call it, um, where um, do they call it something and, different in Virginia? <laughs> I have no idea. We just, you know, I, we knock on doors. Okay. <laughs> Block walking sounds better. I, I couldn't tell you if they call it here or not. I could could be completely wrong, um, but you know, it is what it is. Um, anyways, you got to interv- interview Amatola, and and she um, was it is her first time uh, block walking, or something like that. Like she. I don't think it was her first time, but she was still very new at it. Because I, um, because I don't think the first. So you're so. For those who don't know, she was, uh, she was kind of semi-featured in one of Beto's live streams recently. Yeah, she was all over Twitter, and yeah. the the kind of the tweets and stuff that we were reading about some of what she said really inspired us, and we really wanted to have her on. So right. that's what we did. Yeah. So why don't we go ahead so, and bring her on? All right, we're going to bring Amatola on now. I'm here with a very special guest. Uh, why don't you introduce yourself? All right. My name is Amatula, uh-huh. uh, and um, I'm just basically a supporter, volunteer so, here. Yeah, we're out here by uh, Powered by People. You were one of the people. Yeah. <laughs> so um, you are powering this thing. Uh, so uh, tell us your story. Like, where are you from? Where are you from the area? Like, right. how did you get involved with so, this? Um, so I live in, uh, I don't live in this district, but I live in Katy, okay. so I'm somewhere nearby. Um, how I got involved, I actually met Elis at an event once, um, and I was just completely, like, fascinated by this woman. She's so energetic and compassionate. Uh, and from there on, uh, you know, I started seeing her more often and I started learning more about her and just like why she's running and why this race is so important. And it just made me realize that, like, this is where you need to be, right? You're down for the movement and this is where, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you got to be. So. so you actually came in with Eliz and then started canvassing. So, so I've, yeah, so I've canvassed with Eliz um, uh-huh. once uh, before. And um, and I've been meaning to come out, and I think that Beto, Beto being here is just like a greater motivation right. for me to just come out here. Yeah. Right, right. Get a little get a little star power. You can yeah. hear him speak. And yeah. I had some great speakers today. I was uh, really impressed with the people. Right, Commissioner up. Hightower. That mm-hmm. was that, that was, was amazing. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I heard you because. Um, uh, Twitter universe got loved you on uh, you were, you made an appearance on Better's live stream. Uh, you talked about anxiety. Uh, how I know so I say this story. I'm an introvert by nature, which is crazy because I do a podcast. You wouldn't think those are compatible, but it somehow works out. But yeah, it definitely is. Um, you know, Beto inspired me to get out of my shell and come right. um, and knock on doors and talk right. to random strangers at, at, at events. So, um, you know, how has this helped you as far as like overcoming your anxiety, or how? What has been your strategy to overcome your anxiety? Effect? So, uh, actually, it was yeah, so it was something that I struggled with for a long uh-huh. time where. I saw what was happening with Beto's Senate campaign, mm-hmm. and I wanted to go out and be a part of it because it, it was a movement, uh-huh. and you know, movements are just by nature so inspiring. Right. And I had so much anxiety where I would like get ready, but then I just wouldn't leave the house oh, yeah. um, to go out and like do something. And 
I think one day I just like forced myself out where I sat in my car for 30 minutes and then I finally made it out to a battle <laughs> rally. Um, and from there I met so many people, so many people came up to me and I think that really helped me like break mm-hmm. out of my shell that from there on um, I knew that these are the people I'm going to be seeing at other events. So I always knew I had people I knew there, mm-hmm. which was always very reassuring. And then uh, I never got to meet Beto until the launch of his presidential campaign. Okay, okay. And I remember I had like a mission where I was like, I need to meet this guy. I was like, I got to get there. And I don't know how I did it. Honestly, it was like an adrenaline rush because I don't even remember how I got there. I just remember navigating the crowds and I looked in front of me and Beto was like smiling at me. And in that moment, it was amazing because everyone was trying to like grab his arm and like do like talk to him. But he didn't like move his attention from me even once where he like gave me his 100% even though there were like 10,000 people trying Mm -hmm. to get his attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, And it was like something like that where I was like, I want to do this more because he deserves like our 100% effort if he can give us that, um, which is when I started getting out and just being so involved. And every every moment, like even like every morning, I'm kind of like, should I go? Should I not go? Mm-hmm. But I'm like, I got to go because like, you know, he's done so much to get us to where we are at this point, just by speaking, honestly. Right. So um, this is the least we can do where we can be his helping hands to help right, get right. the message further. So. so what was it like walking with that out? Walk, walking oh, with that yeah. out. It, was, it was a dream. <laughs> I, couldn't, I couldn't like breathe in the beginning because I was like, is this actually happening where I'm sitting in the car? And then one of my friends saw me on the live stream and she quickly messaged me and was like, you're sitting in the same truck that was on the Vanity Fair cover. And I was like, oh yeah, I am. I'm sitting on that truck. I'm and um, so yeah, he was he was so genuine. The thing is, one of the best things he did in the beginning was I was so nervous. Where he was trying to like learn my name, so mm-hmm. it's a little difficult. But he actually put so much effort into like learning it, and then it got like easier. Where it was like nice. it was really nice. And then I started off like really slow, where I didn't say a word the entire car ride. But then, like, so many things were popping into my head where I was like, no, better you have to do this. And so having anxiety has, like, some of its perks. So, like, going into a conversation, I can never just go into this conversation without knowing anything. Mm-hmm. So I'm very, like, hypervigilant about my surroundings, etc. So I would, like, go up to him by the door and be like, oh, this license plate says that this person's a veteran, this person is a police officer, etc. And he'd be like, okay, yeah, cool. So then, you know, like, that way you address them in a different way. Right, right or to talk about uh, something different and so yeah he was really nice he was really receptive which I was like I mean that's the block walking expert and I'm sitting there giving him like unsolicited, like unsolicited advice but he was still so like nice about it where he was like okay yeah thanks for the tips like I'm right. gonna do this and stuff right. Uh, and yeah he and the best part was like the best door we knocked on I think early on and that just completely like lifted my spirits which was Miriam's door okay. when she was so ecstatic yeah, we and, all saw that and I was like that's how we all feel inside yeah. and like she has the courage to like show him and uh, he was so like delighted and I think that all of our moods just like that experience just made the entire mm-hmm. block walking shift just like so easy right. and amazing and we were all like in lifted spirits so just great. what kind of uh, you personally when you've gone out not with that because that is special obviously but <laughs> right, yeah. just out in general what kind of reception have you been getting in general with the people around here right um, typically uh, people have been really nice mm-hmm. even I knocked on a few doors where maybe one voter is a Democrat but then their, their Republican family member answers mm-hmm. the door and they were just like sorry we're voting Republican no one's been no, rude yeah. to me in any way thank God um, 
uh, everyone's been actually really yeah great with me. Uh, it's a, it's a little nerve wracking to talking to new people, but I think like the first couple doors are the hardest, but then it gets better. And once I like got my script in and I know what to say and how to receive them, it's it's all Absolutely. great. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, so thank you very much for talking yeah, with me. Thanks, so yeah. Great. Thank thanks for much. yeah interviewing. So, <laughs> this, appreciate this whole experience has been so unbelievable. It is, it's not crazy. Exactly so well, we'll keep doing this because we got a lot of work. I mean, this is just race one, and right. I mean, I was talking to him, and he's already got. The next one lined up in uh, DFW area. So oh wow! Okay, so we've got to make the drive this yeah, time this, further. Yeah, we'll make the drive. But we'll figure it out. We'll get logistics and everything figured out. All right, out. So great. We'll Taking the show on the road. So. Yeah, it was great talking Thank to you. you very Thank much. you. Thanks. Have a good, have a good, one. good luck. <laughs> Thank you for continuing to do these um, interviews. And you like how I waited for you to say and bring her on now, and then I did my own. I was just a mess with you. <laughs> you can go back and cut that out in editing. <laughs> oh, uh, you, you know me; I don't like to edit anything. Exactly, out. just like just, you're not going to cut this part out either. <laughs> and exactly, I like to leave it for the people. People like we, banter. People yeah. love banter, and they, right now the banter is just who wants a clean dr- show. Like who who wants a well produced show? That's not what you come here for. No, you come here for the nonsense. You don't give a shit about the politics. You hear you're here for the nonsense. Okay, so before we get into the interview with Beto, which I know you are all just dying to hear, um, because I'm telling you, it was it's a good one. They did a really uh, Brian did a stand up job, um, and the answers are really thoughtful and thought provoking, and the questions were just as good. Um, but he has this new initiative called Power by People, Powered by People. And uh, Ryan, what is Powered by People? Well, um, you know, Beto does a much better job of, he's way more elegant than I am. So, you know, he'll describe it much better. But, but yeah, basically it's his new organization, his new PAC that's going to be getting involved in Texas uh, statewide races, uh, just trying to jump in and see where they can help and, you know, help swing some of these critical states uh, or critical swing state uh, districts. You know, we're only nine seats. Well, after Eliz gets uh, elected, we'll be eight seats um, from flipping the Texas State House, which is pretty critical this year because it's a 2020 uh, redistricting year. We're also not that far from flipping the Senate either. So there's another other races that we can get involved in. And really, it's just going to be trying to bring people together and, you know, really do what we can ultimately, because that's really, um, he does a much better job of describing this. But, you know, you focus on the local races, you focus on the small places where you can get involved and make an impact. And those kind of things have a way of trickling up. And that's how you can flip a state like the size of Texas blue, you know, he didn't get that 2.7. He didn't get that close with uh, the uh, Senate race by, you know, just doing a bunch of media and not really caring about the local stuff. No, he did. He got that by doing exactly what he's doing now. And I think this is kind of where he wants to be. I mean, he really seems to be enjoying himself. You know, he's out there. He's revitalized. He walks every shift. And I mean, I'll say this, um, you know, the leaders all sell, you know, the best leaders you follow by example, and he leads by example. Um, you know, he walks every shift, he knocks every door, like legitimately walks, knocks every door. Um, you know, he'll have people along, they'll vouch for him. Like he doesn't slack off. Um, you know, he's not like one of the, some of these politicians who come in, walk a couple of doors, knock a couple of doors for the cameras and then leave. 
Oh, uh, you know, no, he, he puts in the work. And I think that's what he likes to do and what he wants to do. Um, you know, without basically getting to be part of the fight without having to deal with the bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the best way to put it, I guess. You know, it's right. You know, the, the bullshit's a lot and I can see how that would weigh yeah. on somebody. Yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't, wanna, I, I wouldn't want to put up with that. You know, he still has, a, he still has a great pull. He still has great. Yeah, I would have said fuck way sooner, by the way. Uh, <laughs> it, it took him a while. I would have said, I'd have been saying fuck in like February. That's <laughs> 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 a point of, it's a point of reference. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Carry on. So, so yeah, like I think he's, um, you know, he's doing what he wants to do, which is being involved, bringing people together, you know, still in the fight you know the, the the issues that are still there are still there so we have to be in this fight you know not having to worry quite as much about you know the campaign or the messaging and all that you know he can just do what he loves which is you know be with supporters be with people and you know make a difference and i think that's what we're trying to do out here is make a difference i, I can tell you you are you you guys are making news mm -hmm. Like I'm hearing about you in Virginia, so don't under undervalue or undersell what you guys are doing. It's you guys are fucking we'll shit up out there. We'll man. see. I mean, um, early early election results are 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 solid. They're, um, you know, this is always good. This was this election is going to be a turnout election. So, uh, I'm sorry, this special election, it's going to be entirely based on turnout. So, you know, we're still involved here. Um, we're doing another weekend of action next weekend, and then, uh, you know right up until election day. So, you know, it's going to be a final push to the end. Uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I, I don't think there's anything that I could say that would be a disappointing result, honestly, that mm -hmm. the end um, seeing so many people out there, so many, you know, just, you know, good people from all over the state who care just, or all over the country. I mean, we had someone coming in from Spain. <laughs> let me tell you jeez <laughs> so just all over the world um come in and you know be there for that i, I think that was something that's a, something special and no matter what something good will always come out of that so yeah i'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the results i i bet you should be um yeah. i'm i'm looking forward to them as well well with that we're going to let Ryan introduce the Beto O'Rourke interview. Well, here's the Beto O'Rourke interview. So you kind of had some time to, uh, you know, rest, relax. It's been about a little over two months now since you dropped out. So, uh, you know, had a chance to reflect on what happened. Uh, so what happened? <laughs> Why did we drop out of the presidential race? Well, just race? What, in general, yeah. what happened. Not necessarily the decision to drop out specifically, but... Yeah. If you kind of take the whole context of the campaign, I kind of break it up in kind of like pre-El Paso and post-El Paso. But even with that, yeah. taking the entire context, um, what happened? You know, I, I think that's that's a mm -hmm. a thoughtful division if you're looking yeah. at the campaign. Um, you know, look, uh, I had this extraordinary opportunity sure. to run for president. Mm -hmm. Um, and got to do so with an amazing, amazing team. People who were formerly uh, on my team mm -hmm. 
um, you know, they're paid a salary, they have a position, um, they're in the, you know, hierarchy of the campaign. Mm -hmm. And then people who were not paid, who were of their own volition doing their part, you included. Um, and you met the Road Warriors, or you probably met I'm, them before, but... I'm on an inaugural member, actually. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, and uh, here are folks who, who never asked for permission or for forgiveness uh, or even for direction from the campaign. Mm -hmm. Or they may have, and the campaign may have not have been able to provide it because it is such a large, sure. sprawling, you know, uh, multi-state organization. Um, and and just that part just as powerful and just as beautiful as the, as the people sure, who yeah. moved across the country to headquarter themselves in El Paso mm -hmm. and help to lead this effort. And so I think um, I had the, the opportunity to share a vision for the country. Mm -hmm. Here's what I'd like to see America do. Here's what I think we are capable of. And whether it is meeting a, a really ambitious goal for how we confront climate change or reducing gun violence in this country significantly, not half steps, not half measures, um, and also trying to do all these things without just half the country, like sure. talk to and listen to everyone. guy just approached me in, in this uh, cafe that we're in right now where we're recording this, and he stopped me and really disagrees with me on guns, uh, on AR-15s and AK-47s, and he wanted the chance to tell me that. But I thought there was something in his tone. It was very civil. Um, he said, I really appreciate, Bethel, that you're bringing this stuff up. I appreciate the way that you're doing it. I just want you to know that I disagree with you for the following reasons. And he wanted to really get into it there, not in an ugly way at all. Um, and really, before we could go too much deeper into the conversation, in order to be able to talk with you, Cynthia came over and said, like, hey, i got to get this guy out of here. Um, but, but no, there does seem to be that willingness to engage in civil dialogue. I mean, just when we're out block walking, um, you know, if you knock on a Republican's door, they generally say thank you, you know, and, and they, in some cases, can be very friendly about it. And, Absolutely. You, know, you get a few doors slammed in your face, but most of them are very friendly, and, yeah. you know, they want you engaged. They like the fact that, they, that people engage. Yeah. So, I mean, all that was extremely positive. The, the people with whom I got to work the ideas that we got to present, the way in which we campaign, trying to go to the unlikely places, going to um, a place like Forest, Mississippi, sure. right? Uh, or going to Little Rock, Arkansas, or going to Black Wall Street, uh, Greenwood in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, as well as the places you might expect to find a presidential candidate in New Hampshire and in Iowa and South Carolina. Um, so really powerful, very positive experience. Ultimately, uh, we ran out of time and money. Um, just like um, the Creedence Clearwater Revival song. But but I did not lose my friends. As, <laughs> no, your as, friends are still here, actually. Yeah. We're still here for you, absolutely. Yeah. And, and so, um, you know, we, we just didn't have... Ultimately, we faced a decision. Look, do, do we go... This is at the end of October, right. November 1st, actually. Do we go forward with a very small fraction of our current team. Mm -hmm. uh, at, at which point you really have to wonder if we're already having a hard time um, raising money, um, raising our profile in the polls in order to qualify sure. for debates, in order to be in contention in Iowa, is cutting off the best part of this operation, the, the team members that, um, that were, were working so hard for me, 
um, and, and basically going it solo, is that going to work? And, you know, I, I just reached this very painful conclusion sure. that it was not possible to continue. And so you're right, we, we've been now two months mm-hmm. uh, outside of, of that decision and, and now really focused on what I think I can do best other than running as a candidate, and that is getting behind these other great candidates. Yeah, so let's talk about that then. Um, yeah. You dropped out and uh, you know, took some time to reflect. When did you decide that, okay, what my next step is, and that, uh, like, when did you kind of come to that realization? You know, um, <laughs> there, was, there was definitely a, a moment for me mm-hmm. where I wanted to have nothing more to do with any of this. No more politics. Um, no more campaigning, no more public life, no more civic engagement. I, I, I gave was was sure. kind of my attitude at the moment, right? Like you left look, it all in the field. Yeah, I, I had supported yeah. campaigns since I was a little kid. I had, you know, been lucky and started a successful small business and then run for office in, in 2005 for the city council. Um, I'd run for Congress, served in Congress, run for Senate, and run this race for the presidency. Yeah. Okay, I'm done. Amy, we we did our part, um, and and Amy, my wife, said, "Hey, um, every reason we have for getting in this in the first place, um, the treatment of asylum seekers at the U.S.-Mexico border, the caging of kids, the fact that six children have died in our custody and care, um, the fact that you have people who are crowdfunding." their insulin treatment for diabetes in the year 2020 in the United States of America. All that shit is still going on in this country. And in fact, it is arguably much worse today than it was when we first started thinking about it. So, look, perhaps we're not going to be able to be a candidate, but there's got to be some other role that we can play to help stop Trump and Trumpism in this country and then to move forward on the things that we're really excited about, that we want our kids to be able to enjoy uh, when they come of age. You know, a, a country where you don't have to uh, beg for health care. Uh, you know, a country where immigrants are, are welcome. A country that's decided it's going to confront climate change before it's too late. A country that's going to radically reduce gun violence um, and and stop the, the slaughter that we see in, in our communities and throughout the country. And, and that got us thinking about, well, if we're not the candidate, what, what is our value? And our value, coming back to the beginning yeah. of our conversation, is the people that we've had the luck to be able to work with. These road warriors mm-hmm. um, who inducted you uh, <laughs> recently into their, into their order. Um, these amazing volunteers that you had a chance to, to meet and walk with last weekend. Um, you know, I, I heard you... Um, talking about the person that you paired up with on your block walking. She's a second-generation American from Colombia. You know, you all were a team, and and you guys knocked it out of the park. You you, you ranked in the top ten of 400 people who who knocked on doors that weekend. Um, You know, Amy and I realized that's our value. We're, We're connected to all these amazing people. What if we could bring them all together behind candidates that we're excited about? Okay. What if, in the process of doing that, we could help to change... Texas so that you have a Democratic-led state house uh, ahead of redistricting, Mm -hmm. so that you have a chance to organize on a statewide basis and maybe, just maybe, help whoever the Democratic nominee is against Donald Trump in Texas win the 38 electoral college votes in the state. From that conversation was born Powered by People, which is um, the organization that's now working on the Elis Markowitz race, and I listened to your interview with her 
from your last podcast, which was so good. I mean, the energy that she has comes she through in great. your interview. She, she's just a firecracker. She's radiant, <laughs> uh, nonstop. I love it. Um, yeah. As well as learning from Chris uh, more about the sign-stealing scandal from the Astros and, mm-hmm. um, and getting to hear you all talk about sports a little bit at the, at the, uh, at the outset. But it's, it's the door knocking, right? It's the canvassing. Yep. It's the fact that we knocked on 12,040 doors last week. But it's also this, hanging out together, drinking a cup of coffee or a beer, or getting to know somebody you otherwise would not have met, and now becoming friends forever going forward. Yeah. To me, that's beautiful. And, and there's a, a magic and a power to that that we can only begin to appreciate, which if applied to saving our democracy at its moment of truth, um, we all get to be heroes, right? And so that's that's why I'm in, and that's why we started this, and that's why you and I are back in Fort Bend County uh, and uh, about to go join a bunch of other great volunteers right. um, to Block Walk for Elis. So why don't we just go ahead and, like, let's talk about Elis then for a second, because um, I think this is important. Why, don't, tell, why is she so important, and why is this race, and why did you decide to get involved with her specifically? So I'll begin with Eliz herself, um, and, and you know her from block walking for her and interviewing her, but here's somebody who is extraordinarily empathetic, is beyond radiating that energy and being so fired up and psyched for what she's doing, she also really loves to listen to people. So I've been block walking with her, we'll knock on a door, she'll introduce herself, and then she says, you know, tell me what's important to you, Ryan, and, and I'll just sit back and listen. And she does, and that's a beautiful gift. And not only do you want that in a candidate, it, you, you really need that in an elected leader, right? You want them to know what's on your mind, what your expectations are, so that they can deliver to them, and so they can represent you effectively. Um, she's from the district. Her, her dad was and actually still is in the oil and gas industry. I mean, I think working some of the, the tougher jobs uh, that have powered literally America uh, for, for uh, our, our entire lives. Um, so she understands where people work and where they are. And in fact, Dan, who hosted you and me at his house for breakfast and it's where we'd convene the block walks, uh, he works on an oil rig offshore. And so he spends two weeks offshore, two weeks back onshore. These are her constituents who we don't have to assume are Republican or conservative or wouldn't vote for a Democrat. We don't have to assume that because we talk to them, we listen to them, and we find out that that guy working on the oil rig cares just as much about climate change as anyone else. And he wants to see us make a speedy transition to non-carbon-based fuel. And Eliz is going to carry his voice into the state legislature. She'll work on gun violence. She'll work on um, support for our public school educators. Um, So I, I just love her. And then when you look at her, as you pull up and see the broader context, if we win this race in a special election in a district that's never been represented by a Republican ever, it will uh, be a shot across the bow. It will be a seismic event in Texas politics. And it will also help create the momentum to win the additional eight seats we need to take a majority in the state house. We won 12 seats. Uh, last time in 2018, we only need to pick up nine more. And the great news is, all of us working on that Beto for Senate campaign in uh, 2018, we won nine of those seats. We got more votes in those districts than Ted Cruz did, even though the Democratic nominee for uh, the state rep in those districts did not prevail. So, so we've done it before. We know we can do it again. 
Um, and if we do that, you know, we end the racist gerrymandering that exists in Texas. Uh, we have a majority that's going to focus on our priorities and represent our values and our interests. And again, the, the holy grail, in my opinion, in American politics in the year 2020 is the 38 electoral college votes in, in Texas. Um, if you can win those, um, not only have you won the 2020 election, not only have you put Donald Trump away forever, don't have to worry about the guy because it's an unequivocal result to an election. We'll win the popular vote, but we will win resoundingly the electoral college if we win Texas. It forever changes the electoral landscape in the United States going forward. Um, you, you now will have a majority in Congress, a majority in the Senate, and someone in the White House who represents this country's interests. And, and Texas can play that role. And so it's all connected, right? The, the, uh, the State House is connected to the Congressional District, which is connected to the U.S. Senate uh -huh. race, which is connected to the presidential race. And, and why not start at, at, the, at the smallest, most important component part, which is this State House race? And this is the first one. It, it's on January 28th, so coming up really, really soon. So uh, Elis is the first one. Uh, who's next? What's your future plans with this? There are so many amazing candidates. So there's a woman uh, that I met in the Senate race named Elisa Simmons. She was the head of the Tarrant County NAACP. And, man, she just opened my mind to some things that I didn't understand, frankly, as a white guy uh, in Texas. And because I'm not from Tarrant County, where, where she is, think uh, Arlington and, and Fort Worth. Mm -hmm. For example, um, Arlington city she lives in that she wants to represent in the state house largest city in the united states of america without a mass transit system now was that just a failure of planning was it because we like cars more than buses it's it's actually more perverse than that it was because the city fathers back in the day did not want black and brown people in their communities what's the best way to stop them from coming in make sure that there's no bus service um that that they can use so um that's just an example of one thing that Elisa shared with me the first time I met her. She's now stepping up to run for the state house. And okay. so she'll be a candidate. We'll get behind different part of the state than you and I are in right now. We're in southeast Texas. That is in north Texas. Um, but we'll take this whole caravan up there. Oh, yeah. It's a five-hour drive. That's what the road warriors do. We that, get in the, uh, that's right. get in the car and drive. So, <laughs> and, and I have, you know, beyond knocking on doors, which is so important, I just have a ton of fun connecting with people and you sure. get to see that right like we we all had beers on saturday night we had beers on sunday night we had yep. beers on friday night um not so many beers that we couldn't wake up and be <laughs> at an 8 a.m block walk the well, next a few day people might have been hung over but we'll leave you know what? uh some people perform better with, with uh, a little hair of the dog um yes but um no it was really fun and i, I gotta tell you um I was telling Cynthia this as we were driving in today. I was like, I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, I, I didn't expect to be this happy this soon after having to drop out of the presidential race. You, you know? seem more energized and, like, energetic. Like, and yeah. Absolutely. Well, and, and also I'll tell you this. Schedule-wise, mm -hmm. like, we can sit down with you and hang out and have a real conversation. We can go to this next event that I hope you're going to join us mm -hmm. at where we welcome all of our volunteers, especially those who've driven in from out of town or flown in from out of town. 
and we can just be with them. And when you're a candidate, it's like, hey, we can do 30 minutes of this thing, and then we got to go to this thing over sure. here, and then we got to get you back to this thing because you got to make some fundraising calls, and we got to get you to the next thing, or then we're flying to Detroit. No, we're just going to focus on this one race. We're going to be in Texas. We're going to be with our friends and our family members, and we're going to enjoy ourselves, and we're going to do something great for democracy. Um, so just one more question about the Powered by People. Uh, I know a lot of your supporters, especially from presidential race, weren't from the state, and they're out of state, and actually Chris uh, likes to remind me, my co-host likes to remind me frequently that every single person you campaigned for in Virginia won their election, and that was one of the reasons why Virginia turned blue. So, any idea of taking this on the road and maybe getting involved in other people? I think Chris came to one of the events we had for for one of the the candidates, yeah, so he, he, he saw it, and, you know, that's... It was actually in part being in the Commonwealth and and being with some of those uh, candidates where where I realized that's the front line of democracy. That's Mm -hmm. the front line of what's happening in 2020. Mm -hmm. That was in 2019. And we said this thing at the event. Chris is that, look, the the road to 2020 runs through 2019. The road to the White House runs through uh, the Commonwealth. The same is true for what we're trying to do in Texas. The road to what we want to achieve runs through Fort Bend County right now. So... No, this this is the focus. This is the focus is is getting this done. And actually, if Cynthia would give me this, I want your listeners to know that um, there were 400 block walkers uh, who came in and and, and block walked uh, Saturday and or Sunday. Um, you were one of those 400, and you were tied for eight. A number of doors knocked on. You knocked on 175 doors. I had some help. Doors. I had well, some help. I don't know. I don't know who you want to give the credit to, but you you were eighth, um, and and that's really impressive in a field of 400. So we we have this uh, here. I'll open this up. Oh, awesome. Um, we we had these made a long time ago. These these are a relic from uh, a long camp uh, a campaign. From oh, long that's ago. awesome. But but they're a collector's item because they they were last made three years ago. So, so now you have, <laughs> I got it. Yeah. So I'll hold on to that. This is a. Uh, 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 a Beto for Texas. Um, I am 100% stainless that. steel uh, water bottle, so that you never have to buy another plastic bottle Here, again. I gotta, yeah, I'm taking a picture. This makes great podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so we wanted you to we wanted you to have this. Uh, and then, are you going to be able to join us tonight? I will. Okay. I will. Uh, just a couple questions. I have a few fun ones from the. Go audience. for it. Yeah. Um, so. Probably this is the question that has the most potential to get you in trouble. Okay. Uh, you said that Cory Booker would play you in a lifetime biopic of yourself. Uh, yeah. Who would play Amy? Ooh. <laughs> Rosario Dawson, probably. Ooh, okay. Yeah. All right. Good one. Good one. Uh, favorite Misfit song? Oh. Um, okay, so my, my favorite album, I know this is not what you asked me, my favorite Misfits album is Walk Among Us. Um, Broken Bodies in a Death Rock Dance Hall. I remember that line. Uh, Nike, a go-go. Uh, brains for dinner. Brains for lunch. Brains for breakfast. Brains for brunch. Brains are all we ever eat. Uh, why can't we have some blood? I remember those lines. <laughs> you know, the, the Misfits, uh, that Walk Among Us album, which I had on cassette, I wore out. I listened to that probably every single day <laughs> of, of high school. Um uh, Vampira, they're, they're all they're all so good. Um, Glenn Danzig is a genius. Um, I'll just have to leave you with the album Walk Among okay, Us. Okay, yeah. okay, we'll just go that. We'll take that. Um, so you're a reader. Do you read one book at a time or like a stack of books? Oh, at a time? such a good question. I'm I'm reading two books right now. Okay. To your point, 
Um, one is The British Are Coming, which is a history of the American Revolution, and it's really interesting to me. Um, picking up details I didn't know, uh, like in the South, uh, many of the militias that, that um, engaged the British loyalists and the British Army, um, these bold American patriots, were formed in part to keep slaves down in the South and to be prepared in case there was a slave insurrection. Didn't know that part of, of American history. Um, and then I'm concurrently reading uh, a book uh, about uh, the Korean War. I think it's called The Reservoir. Um, and it's, it's Hampton Sides, I think, is the, the author. I hope I'm getting that right. And that's fascinating, too. You're learning about Douglas MacArthur and what, what kind of a blowhard he was and, and these rash decisions he was making, um, and some of which worked out, like the, the amphibious assault at Inchon, and then some of which did not, which is pushing up all the way to um, the Chinese uh, border, not realizing that hundreds of thousands of Chinese would soon be streaming mm-hmm. back down. Uh, and you also learn about General Oliver Smith, uh, who is um, commander of the uh, first division, the first uh, division of Marines, who's working under MacArthur and under General Almond, and is uh, much more reserved and much more meticulous, much more thoughtful, and and was essential in actually pulling off much of what we needed to do. Um, so those are two really interesting books that I'm reading right now. So yeah. How I about you? What, what's on your, your list right now? Uh, honestly, I listen to mostly audiobooks and uh, podcasts right now. Um, I, I have a long drive between Galveston and downtown Houston, so that I can make that commute every day. Yeah. Um, so I generally listen to podcasts more than anything else, and that's generally most of my uh, things. I'll listen to historical con- uh, podcasts. Uh, Honestly, more than anything, I'll listen to my Eagles podcast. I'm an Eagles fan, so I have, Get to, out. I have to keep up with that. Yeah. What Eagles song do I need to listen no, to? No, e- Eagles, the football team. Oh, <laughs> I, I thought this was a podcast about the Eagles. No. Topanga Canyon. Um, no, Hotel not, California. I, I actually, I am not, I am hey, not a new Hey, start an Eagles podcast about the band. I'm you sure there's, the first. there probably is one out there. I wouldn't be surprised. It's a big, it's a big podcast universe. How will the Eagles do next year? The football team now switching. I don't know. Depends on how uh, we're currently in the process of uh, searching for offensive coordinators. So we'll see how that turns out. I think I'll. Uh, it's going to be a rebuilding year. Yeah. Maybe not a complete rebuilding Ooh. year, but I think it'll be. Uh, There's some more to reset. do. Yeah, yeah. kind of a reset year, I should say. We have really good friends who live a block away, the Guyanars, and they're big Eagles fans. Oh, look, they're, yeah, you know Eagles fans then. <laughs> Rabid. Yes, very much. Thanks for doing so this. Thank you very much. Appreciate yeah. your time. Yeah, appreciate thank it. You. We'll see you over there. Yes, sir. Yeah. Thank you for that enthusiasm, Ryan, um, as we let him to that. <laughs> well, see, now that's when you did the double. See, you did the double introduction earlier. So now I had to do the double introduction. Right on. Righteous. Let's let's go. So thank you. Um, first and foremost, uh, thank you, Beto, and thank you, um, Amatolo, for coming on and giving us thank you, these interviews. Thank you. Um, we have a f- lot of fun doing this and this is the 25th episode. So it's super, super cool that we got Beto on for this one. Um, for all of our listeners out there, um, follow us on social media. You can follow us, um, on Twitter at, uh, at look to the number two Beto days or Instagram at looking ahead to Beto days, um, at our website. Oh, or at our, or at our website, looking ahead to Beto days.com. Um, 
find us there message us if if you have something you want to talk about let us know maybe we can uh, get you on the show and have a a yeah. you know a discussion um but for now you guys need to keep uh volunteering keep uh donating keep getting out and uh getting act- active and keep on looking ahead to better days mm-hmm.